Welcome to Recess Now, a five-minute bit. I'm Ralph Seymour, physician assistant in emergency medicine and critical care. Today, we're going to wrap up our DKA series with miscellaneous stuff. So the first thing I want to talk about is um, whether or not we should ever give boluses of bicarbonate, sodium bicarbonate, to patients with a low pH in the setting of DKA. My vote for that is never. I don't believe in this unless a patient is actively crashing or having arrhythmia or there's some other uh, extenuating circumstance going on. You've got to intubate the patient. You're sort of trying to buffer them out before you paralyze them. Okay, I get it. All right, Th- those situations come up. But if you just have a pH in a patient that has uh, DKA, pH less than 6.9, by the books, you sort of can look at sodium bicarbonate bolusing as an option, but I, I just vote not to do it, you know, because think about what, what what's happening in this patient, right? They're completely acidotic. They have a very low pH, and it's because they have no insulin, um, and they're liberating all of these um, ketones and, and and all of this stuff that's causing the pH, they're driving the pH down, all right? So now you got a patient that's breathing like at incredible amounts, like pr- producing a minute ventilation that we could never duplicate on a ventilator. It, it, it's remarkable, okay, the amount of minute ventilation these patients are producing in an effort to keep their pH at an area where, or a threshold where they don't die. And that's why the, when you see these Kuzmal respirations, they're breathing in and out so fast right? But it's not really fast. It's not just fast. It's hyperpnic, meaning that it's so deep that they're really trying to remove that CO2 out of their lungs to compensate for the fact that their pH is so low. Now, you got a patient that is breathing at maximum capacity, probably couldn't breathe anymore even if they tried, okay? Let's just say that. Their pH is less than 6.9, Okay, we're treating them, we're resuscitating, we're giving them volume. And now you're trying to be smarter than the system and give them a couple of load boluses of 50 MEQs of sodium bicarbonate. What's going to happen? They got to do something with that CO2, okay, because that's what, that's what um, uh, sodium bicarbonate dissociates into is CO2 and water. So CO2 has to make it to the lungs and they're going to have to breathe out that CO2 load and chances are they'll poop out and get worse and their pH will precipitously drop. So my vote on that issue is to never do it. Next, another miscellaneous topic. Wonder if the patient's gap closes but the bicarb is still less than 20. Usually this is classic iatrogenesis, okay? Usually this patient has been given bolus after bolus after bolus of normal saline, and because of the strong ion difference of zero, the patient now has a hyperchloremic acidosis, or the patient's been having chronic diarrhea and has an underlying hyperchloremic acidosis anyway. Regardless of that, that needs to be corrected, and generally speaking, it will correct pretty well on its own, but I usually continue that insulin drip until I get that bicarb level, CO2 level in the venous sample above 20, okay? But that's that's not an uncommon thing, and it's very important to watch that. You want to make sure that the patient really is better on both the anion gap acidosis side and the non-anion gap acidosis side. 
You'll, you'll, be, you'll be thankful that you did. And I think one way to avoid that iatrogenesis, as I just said, is by resuscitating a patient in DKA with either plasma light or lactated ringers. That's my thought on that. Next, patients in DKA often have potassium derangement. When the potassium is very low starting out, you really want to replace that first before you get yourself into a big, big issue. Okay? So just remember, potassium is king. Replace the potassium. Now, another question you might have is, if my patient is in DKA and has a pH that's really low and the potassium is really high, let's just say a patient in DKA has a potassium level of 6.8, well, now I, now I kind of have to give them normal saline because lactated ringers has potassium in it. Plasmolite has potassium in it. So I, I, it's forcing my hand. That's bullshit. And I'm going to tell you why. You, it doesn't make any sense to believe that if your blood or your patient's blood has 6.8 milliequivalents or millimoles of potassium per liter in it, that if you were to give a solution of something with 5 millimoles of potassium per liter, that that potassium concentration in the bloodstream would then go up. That absolutely makes no sense. I have never, and this is anecdotal, but I don't think that any piece of literature would probably disagree with this. I have never, ever raised somebody's potassium level with a liter, two, or three liters of lactated ringers. That's just ridiculous. That's beyond dogma. I just want, I want to kind of, <laughs> I want to put that, that uh, thing to bed right there. Okay? So those are the miscellaneous things I wanted to go over with DKA. This is the end of the DKA series. I just wanted to uh, thank you for your attention on this. And I am Ralph Seymour, and this is Recess Now.